today we are I'm so 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 excited to have Cheryl with me and we will be talking about how TCM traditional Chinese medicine sees emotions. Will you be able to kind of um, share with us a little bit more background on how from a TCM kind of perspective, how does TCM sees emotion? Absolutely. So emotions for us um, are more like we, we see them as symptoms, like natural productions of the body, oh, expressions of what's happening inside. So uh, our five wheels, the seven emotions, go as far back as pontinating, which is the start of Chinese medicine, basically, um, where they talks about the five wheels. So the five wheels are basically the normal emotions that, or the normal expressions that you see from the body. And then the seven emotions are basically the, the pathological, more, more towards the pathological side. So how do we see illnesses um, and emotions and how that affects the body? If someone asks you, is it that you get physical health is it that there is something wrong with your physical health, like your organs? That's why it causes an emotion. Or how does emotion have another impact, like switch sides to to physical health? That is a great question. Um, most of it. Sometimes we, I do get patients who come in that um, talk about, okay, uh, I have a trouble with anger, um, but we very rarely get those patients. Most of the time. You come in with a physical symptom, so like back pain, uh, headaches, uh, dizziness, um, and then while you're sitting here and I, we do the full diagnosis, so that's the the pulse, the tongue. We ask about your symptoms, and then you can can sometimes see a little bit of that um, that emotional impact on the body, and then we will ask about. You know, how do you feel on a, on a regular basis? Or do you sometimes feel that you get very angry very easily or you can't stop yourself from crying? And then that's when they realize that, oh, actually, I do have a little bit of an emotional impact in my life. Um, mm. Yeah, then it unravels, you know. So um, we, we do have some people who outrightly come in with conditions that we know have emotional impact or have an emotional root. Um, some of the more common ones are like fibromyalgia, um, headaches, uh, sometimes we, we notice that there is a direct link. So when you get angry, then the headaches come on. Or when you get stressed out or, or frustrated, then tinnitus, like ringing in the ears, get very loud. So we treat that from an emotional aspect and also in a physical aspect. Would you be able to, sh to share more about what is the five wheels and what is the seven emotions? Yes. So the five wheels are basically your five basic um, uh, driving forces. That's why they're called zhi, um, or, or wheels. They make you go in a certain direction. They make you do certain things. So the five basic wheels are um, uh, anger, uh, happiness, uh, or joy. There's sadness, there's fear, and then there is um, uh, fear. And then there is also um, thought. Yes, sorry. So those are the five basic emotions and they drive you in a certain way to present certain either um, outwardly expressions uh, or affect you to do something in a certain way. Mm -hmm. um, they are normal. That means that, you know, for example, if someone does something wrong, you should feel angry. 
and then mm. it fades away after that. So it's a normal mm. reaction to an external stimulus. Mm. Then you've got the seven emotions, which are basically um, pathological. That means that um, you notice that, oh, suddenly you've got physical symptoms that come in with the emotions. For example, uh, when you get very too happy or overjoyed, then your heart starts to palpitate. Or uh, you have trouble sleeping, and then you realize that uh, it's usually after you watch a comedy show. Or when you get angry, and then you get headaches, or you might even lose consciousness. So those are more of the qing dei shang, or the seven emotions and how it affects us internally. So we use mm. these two balances to see if, you know, whether a symptom is uh, from an emotional aspect and how we should uh, approach it. Oh, would you be able to know if it mm-hmm. it's stem from emotions or not? For Chinese medicine, we have one basic theory. Um, to me, Chinese medicine is a huge category. It's a categorization of different symptoms. It helps us to see very quickly where a certain illness comes from. So it allows us to attack the root of the problem. Mm. So we have the five elements, which is um, uh, the, the wood, earth, fire, metal, and water. And each of them yeah. represents a cardinal organ. And uh, under each organ, we have specific symptoms as well. So likewise with those symptoms, your emotions also go and affect a, a specific organ. Um, for example, so the anger affects the liver, happiness or joy affects the heart, sadness, uh, affects, um, sadness affects the lungs, thought uh, affects the spleen, and then finally, um, fear affects the kidneys. So when that emotion comes into play, when it first um, arises, there is and it, it fades. That's natural. So it doesn't produce any symptoms. But when that emotion becomes prolonged and sustained beyond the ability of the body to control or to eradicate, then it causes symptoms to appear. So, uh, for example, anger is under the liver, and this is one of the more common ones with my patients. Um, but that, that, that's uh, what I that's what I have, I think. <laughs> I think the last time, so I think the last time, the last time when I the last time when I see you, I remember that I was trying to internalize a lot of anger, like trying to control a lot of things in my life and frustration. <laughs> I remember you tell me that my my lungs is a bit overworked. Yes. So that's got to do with the, the liver system. Um, basically, when you have a lot of frustration and anger, that directly affects the liver. And the liver is the one that is in charge of the movement of qi within the body. Uh, it is also in charge of certain parts of your body, like for example, um, uh, the ears. Oh, no. Yes, correct, the, the ears. So sometimes when you get angry, and then it goes beyond, like, it, the anger sustains for several days. And sometimes that happens, you know, you're at work, someone gives you uh, something that you don't want to deal with, you get angry, you hold it in, and then suddenly a headache appears or you start to get ringing in the ears. So those are more direct effects of emotion on the body. Like, you can clearly tell, I got angry and then I had this emotion. So similarly, um, like for example, we have a saying, right? We're saying like, oh, uh, you shocked me. I, I almost pooped myself, that kind of emotion. Yeah, that directly affects, because uh, shock um, affects the kidneys and the kidneys tend to 
uh, no, um, sorry, fear affects the kidneys, and the kidneys tend to drive qi downwards. So we say, or the qi flows downwards, and then that makes you diarrhea. <laughs> Something like this. Oh my god. Yeah. So you so you have got so you have got anger that links to the to the um, the 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 liver yeah. and then yes. fear to the kidney and sadness is to the lungs. Yes, thoughts is, is to the spleen and then the last one is um, your joy is to your heart to the heart. Some other examples will be, for example, um, you have something on your mind and you're thinking about it, you're planning, you tend to skip meals or you don't feel like eating. Um, mm. Or if uh, you, you're crying, maybe you just went through a breakup and it's very hard to not feel sad and you cry for several days and then after that you feel completely exhausted. Or, or mm. most of the time when people are in deep grief and they're crying, you, you hear something like, <laughs> but they can't catch their breath. So mm. that's how Chinese medicine has seen these symptoms and classified them together um, under a cardinal organ. And is this classification based on um, like an experience? Okay, so because I come from a, a, a Western, I mean, I'm a nurse, right? So I come from a Western <laughs> training background and I'm trying to understand a bit more like, you know, for example, with... Um, with our body, there is a lot of blood bloodstreams that connects that connected. Is this something that has like how how is it that they derive these five emotions to these five organs? That's a great great question. Basically, um, Chinese medicine is based. I really feel that it's based on empirical evidence. Um, we observe, then we make the connection. So. Chinese medicine is a black box theory. We observe from the outside, and then we make um, we make us uh, we, we make educated assumptions on what mm. happens inside. Um, and this is mainly because you know we respect the body. We, we had this old taboo that we couldn't open up the body to see what was inside. So uh, it's mostly what we see as the symptoms, and then mm. we classify them. And then of course there is the other aspect when you start treating a particular organ and you realize that it works, then you know, okay, so this goes under the kidney. When I treat the kidney, um, my sadness becomes better or when I treat the kidney, I no longer have to uh, urinate so much and so and so forth. And that becomes canon. So it, it, it becomes, um, it is accepted. It is then uh, not experimented, but it is utilized and then it's confirmed uh, through positive, uh, positive feedback, like you see, and oh, it works, and then it becomes canon over over mm. many, many, many thousands of years. So, Huangdingjing, right. uh, Ben Mo, they are basically they are not written by one person. They were written by many, many thousands of physicians who collected all their data, and then they just they just uh, comprised it into one book. So uh, that's why there's no one author. Uh, for, mm. each of these, for each of these books. Yeah. So similarly with our understanding of qi qin mei shang and wu zhi, like the five wheels and the seven emotions, they were collected together um, uh, based on many different patients and physicians' experiences, basically. Mm. 
Okay, I mean, this this is so interesting. Obviously, now with a lot of, you know, things that are moving forward now with data in the in, in this time, I think a lot of our medical knowledge and knowledge in general are very much based on research and scientific, you know, things that needs to be seen. And, um, and I think for physical health, with uh, there is a lot more measurable data, like you could take the blood, you could take you could take the blood, you can see what's the bilirubin level, you can see what is the cholesterol. There's something that you can see. And that's what makes medicine, Western medicine also a little bit more easy to detect. Like if I, I take your blood and there is a bacteria, I know straight away that you need antibiotic, for example. But for emotions, it is something so, it is emotion, it is something so hard to measure. So it's, so it is interesting to see how you know traditional Chinese medicine comes in in, in looking at it a, um, a more holistic kind of perspective. Yes, yeah, uh, I I do think the the problems that we feel uh, with Chinese medicine is the same in for looking at mental health because mm. there's so many factors that come into producing one emotion. So mm. I can't really say that, okay, serotonin is the main factor for, for happiness. There, there could mm. be a certain amount of dopamine in the mix. You know, you, you have no idea exactly what other chemical reactions there are to produce emotions. So when I think the problem that um, we're going down the Western route is that you have a particular type of medicine and you have two people with similar presentations. So for example, uh, ADHD. You give one person the same medicine, uh, you give both of them the same medicine and one reacts differently from the other. So then Western medicine will say, hey, I don't think one of these has mm. definitely not ADHD. You know? But mm. Chinese medicine sees pathology in stages. So you could have two people with the same presentations, but to different degrees, maybe they're at different stages. So mm. um, that's the exciting part about Chinese medicine is that uh, through empirical empirical evidence, we managed to come up with different stages for um, not only physical ailments but also emotional impact as well. So we can treat. Uh, I think we can cut a little bit deeper, um, and we also have different more more techniques to help with a certain stage of of that illness. Yeah. Mm. For all the audience, there is no comparison of like, you know, which one is better than another. Disclaimer, please. So if let's just say there is somebody that has gone through like anxiety. So anxiety has got some symptoms such as palpitation or, you know, maybe insomnia. Like how does it then, how, how does it affect our internal organs for, for a, an example of anxiety? So what are some of the normal, uh, if we think about it, the normal presentations of people with anxiety is most often over-excitation and then after that, deep fear, right? Mm. Uh, deep fear for the future. So if we look at um, the five uh, elements, they they have this, uh, we call it basically, where you have the, um, uh, the heart, the spleen, the lungs, the kidneys and the liver, those are the five cardinal organs. And then for each organ, you see a specific um, uh, emotion that is being attached. So most mm -hmm. of the time, fear and joy is where, in between is where the anxiety lies. Um, anxiety is a very complicated, it's more of a, so we have the very 
the very clear-cut kind of symptoms. Like for example, if a person has difficulty with anger, then we will go straight into the liver. But then we also have the more complex uh, cases, like for example, anxiety is a mix of uh, spontaneity, so happiness and joy, and then after that, very quickly, fear and anxiety, uh, very, uh, a lot of fear. So mm. it's usually treated between heart and the kidneys. Um, you, uh, so that this, this bridge in the middle. Um, yeah. Right here. Yeah. Um, the, like you mentioned just now as well, insomnia and uh, heart palpitations tend to be some of the symptoms that are associated with anxiety. So insomnia is the relationship between uh, the kidney and the heart that regulates your sleep. Uh, the water of the kidney goes to quench the fire of the heart and the fire of the heart warms the water of the kidneys. So when they are oh. in harmony, it allows the proper flow of yin and yang to the body, especially at night when the yin is supposed to be on the outside protecting the body and then the yang qi is supposed to be on the inside uh, helping with repair and function. So if there is an imbalance in any one of them, whether the kidney water is too much, so that is when fear becomes overwhelming and you become frozen, or then you, get, you start to see more kidney symptoms like going to the toilet very often, uh, having cramps in the body, lower back pain, maybe heel pain, um, mm. a little bit of dizziness or uh, tiredness, fatigue, uh, that comes with fear uh, or the kidney system. And then you've got the opposite when sometimes the fire, the heart fire becomes so overwhelming that it overrides the kidney water. And that's when you mm. get insomnia, when you start waking up in the middle of the night because the yang qi is supposed to be kept inside, but it runs out because the yin qi is not enough to, to keep it captured inside. So you start to get dreams, uh, agitated thoughts, you become antsy, you and you can't sit down, so you're always fidgety and so on and so forth. So, Balancing the, the relationship between the kidney and the heart will become our priority. We call this xingshenbujiao. That means um, basically the kidney and the heart are not talking to each other. So you have to discover where oh. the, the symptoms truly lie. For example, if you have more heart palpitations, you have more uh, antsiness, more fire, throat pain, um, soreness. Uh, mm. maybe uh, sensitivity of the gums and so on and so forth, then we will look more towards quenching the heart fire. Uh, if you have opposite where you're frozen, you don't know what to do, or uh, more than not, then you feel fearful of taking the next step, you don't want to go to work, you find it difficult to get out of it kind of uh, condition, then we would work with sort of warming up that, that kidney water or basically ensuring that your kidney yang is is there to limit the kidney water. So that's how Chinese medicine would approach that the symptoms are just as important as uh, the emotions are actually a symptom. Uh, relating oh, to right. The okay, yes. <laughs> right. So it's, it's, oh, okay, okay. I see, I see what you mean now. So it's because the whole concept is that all our organs are also attached to our emotions. It's kind of like a, we need to balance our emotions in order to balance our our whole organ, our whole balance between the yin and the yang and the is am, am I getting it correct? Yes, yes, absolutely, yes. That the oh, emotions right. are just as important and that um, that they're not very they're not unlike physical symptoms. 
So the expression of a particular emotion means it could mean that there is a bit of distress in that particular cardinal organ system. If there is too little of something, it is imbalanced. If it's too much of something, it is imbalanced. So does it mean that, you know, it is then good that, you know, sometimes we have anger because then that brings up. Yes, but, absolutely. <laughs> oh, right. Once in a while, we well, I do get a lot of stress patients here. We, people will come in to cry or people come in to, to complain about something. And in the end, they always say this, this thing to me, can you, can you take away my emotions? And I always tell them the same thing as well. No, I can't. It's a, it's a, it's a normal part of your life. And uh, you should actually just let your emotions flow because to a certain extent, uh, they, are able to, they are able to regulate themselves. It's just when you're finding it difficult for you to uh, regulate something, then I step in, I give you a little bit of help, but then after that, you should let it run as well. So emotions are actually a very important part of our regulatory system. Um, something like when you get a flu, you get a fever. You shouldn't stop the fever because the fever, unless it gets too much, you know, the fever helps you to kill germs. It helps you to um, make sure that that the invader keeps in check, you know, those are signs mm. of your body working. So similarly, emotions as well for us is, is important. Uh, when you get, when someone, when someone does something wrong, you should get angry. When you lose somebody, you should be sad. But then after that, you keep it in check. You make sure that it doesn't become the ruling, the ruling emotion, or it doesn't mm. uh, sort of have a sustained effect on you. It makes it feel like it is normal because in, I think in nowadays in our life there is a lot of a lot of emphasis on you shouldn't feel sad or you shouldn't feel this way and that actually makes people feel worse. So there is you feel mm. unhappy because you are being unhappy. Yes, yeah, that's true. That's that to us. If when we translate that into Chinese medicine, it's like uh, so stagnation when you are given an emotion and you. When an emotion is being produced and you're not allowed to express it or allowed to to let it turn into something else, like go through the whole circulatory, the, the order that we see in front of you right now, it mm. it becomes you become you become susceptible to the sustained uh, you become exposed to the sustained emotion and that mm. leads to a mess up of the internal system and that's when it gives it turns into an illness or it causes illness. So Actually, you should be you should express or, or find a, a, a safe and comfortable way to express that emotion and let it run naturally through the stages that basically. Right, and when we have emotion, instead of just suppress, instead of just treating the emotion, which is kind of like a symptoms, it should be more of. Um, it should be more of, listen to what your body is trying to tell you. Yeah, let it evolve. Like for example, there there is a slight difference though between, um, for example, I do have friends uh, or, or patients who have difficulties with anger. Like they they go to work, they complain, and like, oh, uh, I, I don't like my boss, or oh, <laughs> the, mm -hmm. the project is going nowhere. I feel frustrated. Yeah, and then I yeah. tell them, oh, you need a you need an outlet, and then they will say, oh yeah, okay, so I'm going to go and do something to someone, or I will go and shout from the mountaintop. Uh, there's a difference between letting it go, like um, 
some people will, when they're frustrated, say, okay, you know what, I'm just going to go home and I'll, I'll, I'll soak. Um, or let me just go and you know, plan for the future. Or let me go and watch a, a nice a drama or video. So that's more like mm. your evolving of the emotions. But right. you don't want to perpetuate it. You don't want to go back and think about the, the situation. Or then you do something that makes you more angry uh, in a sense. So that's that, that subtle difference um, of how to express yourself. The next thing that I will be interested in asking is that then what is something that we can do on our own to, you know, ba balance this this thing out or manage the stressor, basically? So uh, inside the, the diagram, you know, mm -hmm. notice there is the green the green circle on the outside and on in the middle, there is the, the red one. So the red, mm. the red star in the middle says control. Uh, in Su Wen or in Quantum in basically, one of the earlier books, it uh, mentions about using certain emotions to uh, curb other emotions. So right. uh, sometimes your body already does it and you, you, you don't know that. Like for example, uh, sadness. Let's look at sadness. Uh, the arrows are not quite clear, but uh, so over here, sadness actually um, curbs anger, right? All right. Yes. So the, the lung sadness uh, curbs the anger. And most of the time, um, if you if you take notes, like some people, they will get angry. They get so angry and then suddenly they burst into tears. Mm. So it's, um, it is seen as the body's natural way of dealing with the anger. And if that happens, fine. <laughs> you, know? you don't have to do much to regulate it. But if let's right. say... Yeah, <laughs> it's so interesting, which is true. Um, for example, when people are, are fearful, then um, when you get them to sit down and you get them to plan out you know, the future, have them to, to look at a specific plan and to think, suddenly their fear disappears as well. Or when you have um, uh, too much sadness, then of course, you make someone happy, like give them a hug, start smiling at them, um, so, so forth. And the body naturally picks it up and it, it evolves on its own. So then it's kind of like if you if you get a overwhelming emotion, it gets stuck in that in that particular cycle. All you have to do is to get it to move and to evolve into then another emotion and then the homostasis starts again. Usually like a lawnmower. Mm. Just need to give it a little bit of a oomph. Um, uh, at times uh, Sometimes, for example, on certain days, maybe you're stuck with a certain emotion for many days. Like you get angry over something, someone did something to you. Um, of course, at that the point in time, in any type of emotion, you have to get rid of what caused it in the first place or try your best to get rid of it. And then after that, um, then you can try evolving the emotions. So if let's say, uh, let's take for example, um, you lost something, uh, an item, and you're very sad about it because it has great sentimental value to you. Of course, you try your best to find it. Uh, you may or may not find it. But then after that, what you can do with the sadness is uh, joy, like look for something that makes you happy. So most people will tell you that, oh, all you have to do is to start smiling. Or um, there are also some clinics like laughter clinics. They help people get through their grief. Um, so that's one way that you can you can start with by using the opposite emotion to help you to sort of curb the, the, 
the predominant emotion. So if you mm. if you spend too much time thinking at work, uh, then does it mean you get angry? No, it's more of like uh, the anger in this sense will be more of ambition, something to rile you up, you know, something that you feel passionate about, um, that will help you to get rid of the of the of the thoughts, like too much mental stress or too much um, thinking, basically too much planning. Uh, mm. If you fear something, then it will be good for you to have specific thought because very often um, fear tends to be groundless. That like we, we fear something that hasn't come yet. You have no evidence of whether it will work or not. You just, you're unsure. And that, um, that surety can, in order to overcome that kind of fear, you need the surety. So thinking, making solid plans like a schedule, uh, which I often advise my patients to do, uh, to write down um, what they need to do in future or what may help with the situation in future very often, very usually calms that fear as well or at least helps with reducing some of that fear so um, these are and, and most of the time some of these these practical things that you know uh, we, we all we all know and we we just have difficulty knowing when to do what so Chinese medicine mm -hmm. this diagram this simple diagram so it gives you a little bit of a start and it's always in anything in getting better, whether it's a physical illness or emotional duress, just need mm -hmm. to start. I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, that's that's definitely like no matter it's what whatever it is, the first step is always the hardest, right? To start doing something. But no. some, most of the time, once you start, you then will have a feeling of how it feels like. Then it's a it's a positive positive or feedback loop that you know you start continue doing it so it, it, yeah. i think it's it's really it's really very very fascinating so basically what we have talked about is that emotion is a part of our of part of our health how it is formed it's not yes. just kind of you know we, we are human and we have emotions but in traditional Chinese medicine perspective, it's emotions are actually ties to your organs and how your how your physical health is going to function. And so it is, and I think that kind of, it, it's really nice to know because it also brings out a certain kind of acceptance because we often um, feel, be, be so hard for, on ourselves and says, you know, I shouldn't feel this way, I shouldn't feel that way, but it is actually, oh, it is actually needed in order to balance our health system. And yes. then you were sharing that, you know, with this with this star and this this relationship where we have when we have, you know, a certain emotion, we lead to another emotion, it is actually the body trying to balance it up. Yes. So right. uh, we we have some very interesting cases as well. Uh, some of them coming to mind. Uh, I have a particular we have a particular group of patients that have tinnitus already in the years. Uh, and right. the different types of tinnitus, they, they change um, depending on the, the condition. So I have mm. one patient whose tinnitus, um, very often oh, so we tinnitus, associate tinnitus. tinnitus. Is, yeah. Sorry, just, just so that we everyone understands. Tinnitus means that they can't hear or they hear ringing, right? Is it? Yes, it could involve a reduction in the, the ability to hear, but you basically right. hear a... a a, a screechy in your voice like or, or crickets basically so mm. it can be very debilitating it can be very annoying 
And most of the time, uh, for, so the patients that come here with this condition, they usually have gone to see an ENT, and the ENT will say, oh, you're, you're fine, you know, it's just maybe you're very stressed. And, yeah, and it's, most of the time it's true as well. So we do help some of these patients to manage their stress. Um, uh, also when the ENT refers them over, and then we will uh, look usually at the liver. So they will come and we, we, have a, we had a talk with a specific one of these lovely ladies, and she said that, yeah, I realized that whenever my workload increases, um, I get tinnitus, like my, the ringing gets worse inside my ears. And we associate tinnitus often like Irving with the liver, the liver system. Mm. So when we treat tinnitus, we also, uh, apart from making sure that we give the right medication to help calm down the liver, uh, to help with headaches, or make sure that the neck is, uh, the neck is free and that it's not swollen, we also tell her, you know, okay, um, what's feeding you? We talk about what's what kind of stress she's under, and um, mostly if it's your frustration or anger, then how to release some of that. Um, uh, how to release some of that anger is, of course, through um, not not sadness, but you know, to induce some sort of um, empathy, like that kind of um, watching a, a nice drama. And she realized that when she does um, do when her stress levels reduce and then she does that proper expression of emotion, like taking some time off to rest or to um, catch up with sudden dramas that she enjoys, the tinnitus gets better as well. So that's a holistic idea that we treat the body mm. um, as well as the, that, that emotional impact. But actually that emotional is also physical in a sense. Yeah, yeah. So when when so when someone has got like a lot of stress or if 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 someone has a lot of stress, it might lead to them mm. with a certain kind of like emotions that that piles up, right? So if this stress is work related, that make that gives me a lot of fear, then this kind of fear piles up and it will then mm. affect my um my my kidneys and you know my digestive system. And that is how it is. It is linkage, and that's how you say that you know this emotions is a symptoms itself. Yes, yes. And based on what symptoms we see in which cardinal organs, that's how we catch it, and we okay, we treat it, and we cut it at the root. All right. Okay. Okay. Here I'm gonna I'm gonna just pop in to check on everybody, and if you have got any questions do pop into the comments so that I can, uh, we can get Cheryl to answer us. Sure. And um, <laughs> yeah, and then the, the last thing that I wanted to ask is about Meridian Cycle. It's how, how is the, how is the, um, other, than, other than all these emotions, right? There is also a lot of times where people will say, oh, your chi is stuck at somewhere. So, <laughs> Could you elaborate a little bit more about that? Sure. <laughs> it's a very common question, actually. <laughs> so, tea for us is um, uh, tea and shui. There's always two. There's always two aspects to it. One where it's a, everything is grouped under yin and yang. So, qi is more relating towards yang, which is activity, you know, vibrancy, movement. Um, 
and very often ethereal. That means it doesn't have a physical form. Uh, yin qi tends to tends yin tends to have more of a physical form. So like xue, jing ye, they uh, they are more associated with coolness, with um, uh, form, basically something that you can palpate. So qi, when we say qi, um, there is qi ji. Qi ji is basically the flow of qi throughout the entire body, from organ to organ, from meridian to meridian. There is a, a, a circular movement, basically. And um, based on where your symptoms are, we can then determine how the qi is moving and where the qi is stagnated, basically. So, um, of course, we do have uh, specific organs that are in charge of the flow of qi. For example, the, the lungs are in charge of the qing qi that goes out and protects the skin. Uh, the liver is in charge of qi uh, flow within the body. And because it's in mm. charge of the qi flow, it's also in charge of the, the qi sort of pushes the blood as well. So very often when people say, oh, I have aches and pains, and then I take your pulse and then say, oh, yes, you have qi stagnation. Um, I'm often referring to the liver or uh, maybe something wrong with the liver. So the liver causes uh, there to be an incomplete flow of qi or the qi gets uh, it either slows down or then it gets stuck somewhere inside the body. So we always say that means if it doesn't flow, it causes pain. And then that is the etiology for mm. pain uh, in Chinese medicine. Yeah. But uh, in terms of qi ji, as well, when we relate it to the emotions, there is also an impact. So uh, I didn't put it on my diagram, but basically each emotion also has its effect on your entire qi flow. So not necessarily talking about an organ specifically, but uh, the flow of qi. So for example, uh, so when you are afraid or when you're fearful, your qi drops. And I think that is the origin for I just shit myself. <laughs> They're like, oh, I'm so fearful. <laughs> or, or, or when you when you get fearful and you're uh, like half excited, half nervous, you suddenly feel like you need to go to the toilet. Chinese medicine sees it as your qi flowing downwards or, or suddenly dropping. Uh, then there is lu zhe qi shang. So when you're angry, all the qi rushes upwards. And that presents itself in certain symptoms like your face gets flushed, some people get dizzy or they lose consciousness, they get so angry that they faint like in the dramas, uh, or then they get pain in the ears, headaches, um, nose bleeds or bleeding in the gums sometimes, sometimes uh, regurgitation also. So it's perceived as the chi going upwards. Then the rest is so when you think your qi stagnates inside the body or it collects in a certain point. Uh, um, when you're sad, your qi dissipates. So you feel weak and tired and fatigued. Um, Freaking and then hell. of course, <laughs> this is so true. <laughs> so joy is, joy I think, uh, even, even though it sounds quite, even though it sounds quite harmless that we say, uh, that means it calms down. But in very extreme versions, when qi wants to the point of it being stagnant, it can also cause stagnation or then it causes like, complete non-movement. So we lose consciousness as well. So, yeah, it's, um, we, we are very, that's how the, the five 
wheels, they can affect chi. And then I think you notice also that I said five wheels and seven emotions. So there's an extra two. And these extra two are yeah. uh, shock, which is <gasps> like sudden shock. Jing uh, 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 as well, actually. Yeah, it, it, it causes the qi to so it, it messes up your chi. And then the last one is you or worry, which is associated with sadness. Uh, and it has the same impact on qi as well. So it causes your qi to, to desiccate. So the, the five wheels, which is the normal um, flow of, of emotional impact, and then the seven emotions, the seven emotions are basically the pathological side. So you don't you don't expect to be shocked all the time. And, and shock is not something mm. that your body can produce. Worry is also something right. often not not something that you naturally produce. There must be something to make you worry, basically. Mm. But the five wheels are something that you can produce inside. You can even, you know, um, if, you, if you think about it long enough or you, you try to expose or try to create it in yourself long enough, you can actually create that emotion inside you. So you can create joy, you can create fear, you can create uh, sadness, you can make yourself cry, uh, you can create anger, you can think, overthink, but you can't overshock yourself, if you know what I mean. Right, right, I get what you mean. So I can think about something for a long, long time and, and make myself sad, but I can't kind of like, you know, hit myself and be like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. So okay, we have, a, we, have a, we have a question from, from Catherine. She's asking, can you elaborate this in Mandarin? Um, just wanted to ask, Catherine, what do you mean by these? Do you mean the five wheels? The five, where, the, where does your chi, the five ways the chi goes or the five emotions? I've got a, one last thing that I wanted to ask is that if that is the case about... Um, about joy as being part of the one of the emotions as well, right? Yeah. Does it mean that too much joy it's also not good? I think that, that's that's a great question. Yes. Yes. Uh, in fact, um, I once came in contact with a patient who how do you say it? he punctuates every single sentence with a laughter, but I'm not sure if you have seen pathological laughter as well. It does happen, and um, often it's because they're exposed to an like, um, like immense amount of, of joy. So mm. not 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 like good luck kind of joy, but maybe someone said a joke, then they laugh too much, and then they it, it just carries on. Something tweaks inside the heart, uh, on the heart system, and it just carries on. So I did have a patient who will constantly punctuate every single sentence with a false laugh. So like, <laughs> it was in pain. Um, but he can't control it, he can't control the, the laughter. So in the end, it's about, uh, for, for that patient, we had to actually monitor his heart rate, his palpitation, because at times he would have something called a drop beat where, uh, or, uh, um, basically the beat doesn't go, his pulse doesn't go anymore, it just, it goes and it will drop right. at normal times. Yeah. This patient, we mentioned before also that uh, so it basically um, it causes qi to, to, to ease out. 
if it gets to the extreme, it can eat out so much that it disappears. So some of these people in the very extreme of having too much, too much laughter, too much uh, overjoy, or we call it euphoria, they can lose consciousness. Uh, we have people with heart palpitation, uh, chest pains, uh, difficulty breathing, and so on and so forth. So too much is also not good. <laughs> but these are very extreme right. examples. Everything in balance. Everything in balance, yeah. I'm sure we experienced it as well. Sometimes you laugh until your stomach hurts. Mm. In that respect, yeah, it, it can cause it. Or, or sometimes you might even see some sort of uh, self-regulation where you laugh until you, until you cry. That's too much. Too much joy in, in that sense. Right, so everybody, everybody on a on a wedding day is having too much joy, guys. Please control yourself. <laughs> so that's too much alcohol. That's different. <laughs> yeah. So Catherine comes back and says, "A question is about the so wei so wei xiang ke." Yes, xiang ke. Yeah. Would you be able to elaborate this in Chi in in Mandarin? In Mandarin, okay, sure. So, uh. 看我们的情志他们有一个相克的相克的呃相克的交流所以比如我们的心火会克呃克肺经所以如果心是有呃喜为志所以呃喜伤呃喜伤心的话如果你太过呃太过兴奋的话呃他就会呃他就会以后会
怒，他他给我专门问关于怒的这个东西是 anger， so、嗯、如果是怒，刚才我们讲说是哭嘛，就是因为怒你在那个那个星星的时候看到他是跟被就是 sadness 相克，就你可能会哭，然后还有 thoughts 想法，对，那个又、嗯、那个又怎么样连接？啊、uh, thoughts OK， 所以如果是因为我们如果看。呃，某一些我们的五字之内哈，它 ，Am I still using Chinese? Yes. Yeah, yeah, we can okay, use Chinese. Okay, okay. So, uh, uh, Chinese, Chinese, Chinese. 呃，有时候我们会过词，尤其是读书人，他们读书太多啊，很想很多东西，或者计划的时候，他们可能会呃熬夜啊去计划。那那是可能会导致病理的一种思，那如果要控制这思的话，啊、呃，我们怎么用怒来来控制？是比较属于那种，呃，不是愤怒，是一种呃呃积极。我们 English 叫 passion， 就是有让你积极的那种东西，不是让你过喜的东西，是那种啊，我要做这个，呃，我对这个有有兴趣的那种愤怒。嗯，是好像一个愤怒的那种感情来克，嗯，来克、嗯、这种过思想。所以呢，呃，我们在自然环境会看到有些人，他们呃工作后啊想的太多的时候，他们就会自然的去哦，我要去玩游戏，因为玩游戏的时候你就会啊可以发达哦，里面呃生气啊或者啊我要打这个人打那个人，他们自然就会缓解。呃，这种是一种。呃，自然的，自然的愤怒也不要太过啊，所以，呃，可以用这个方法来治、嗯，不是说要一定要玩游戏，是那种你有兴趣的、有有有 passion 的那种东西，呃，可以克制这个呃思商品的那种病毒了。嗯嗯 ，OK， 所以凯旋讲说，我明我明白你的。那个恐怖的心情了，呀！说如果如果我没有了，如果我理解对的话，以这个怒的例子来看的话，就是你怒的时候，你如果太生气过头的话，对你的肝就肝就不好，对吗？然后，嗯，你的身体就就是 naturally 要 balance up 的时候，你就可以用 sadness 或者是用思考、思想的东西来来克这个这个怒。对我们通常是用 sadness 或者呃可以导致一种悲哀或呃悲的这个这种感觉。就比如，其实我们通常是、嗯、如果你太生气的话，呃，我们现在有一个方法就是 gratitude journal， 对不对？感谢感恩，嗯、呃，就是嗯把里面的你要谢的人啊、呃、给他写下来，然后可以表达自呃你的。你的感恩，所以这种感恩也是一种饮水思源、嗯，它也是会导致一种悲啊，因为你你会去想哦，我真的很很很感谢这个人。我们中医之上是其实是算是一种悲了，它也是可以照样可以克呃怒，就或者去开一个让你伤心的伤心的的啊的的电影啊，也可以呃产生这种。悲一种自然的悲，而而不是过过于悲伤的那种东西啦、啊。嗯嗯嗯 ，OK， 
。好，我们还有什么问题吗？应该是没有了。So， 等一下啊，我看一下。嗯，我听到我自己的声音。嗯，谢谢医师。OK， 我我我 wrap up and switch it back to English. Okay, so okay. I think today has been has been really really a a really good session, and I really appreciate you for you know coming up and show share this with us because it is it it really makes us look at emotion in a very different perspective in terms of it being essential or necessary for our Body to even function, and how it has a, how is that impact into like our different organs, and also how it had how you can actually you know when I'm so angry that I cry, it's actually okay. The body natural responses to try to balance it, and I think knowing that give us acceptance, and I I, I think that's great. That okay, there is a last question that comes in. It says, 那结论是生气的生气导致伤心是正确的吗？生气导致伤心，但是你的自然，我以我们来说是你的自然反应，对那种你生气生气，然后突然流泪，是其实我们看是你的身体自然的调理的一种反应了。所以如果是你生气，然后你哭了后比较舒缓的话啊，那是 OK 的。可是如果你出现其他的病症的话，比如嗯，你突然。呃，不能呼吸啊，或者有点短气啊，抬张口抬肩啊那一种，呃，就代表哦，可能过度悲伤，然后伤到你的伤到你的肺，或者如果你觉得有呃，你生气后就头头痛啊，或者呃，有时候有些人会流鼻血啊，还是眼睛有点干涩的话，那就代表你的你的生气已经太有点过度，然后它已经伤到你的伤到你的肝，如果是伤到你的肝的话。嗯、呃，就可以采取某些治疗的方法，呃，比如有有些人喝一点薄荷茶，因为薄荷茶它有疏肝理气的功能，它喝下去就比较缓解一点。可是如果症状还是继续呃继续发作的话，那应该去、呃、求医，这个还是最好啦，就是这样说。嗯嗯 ，OK OK then，Thank you everybody so much for for tuning。Thank you for your time. This will be recorded on. Yay! Thank you, and this will be recorded. And so, feel free to share with you know friends or family that's gonna benefit from it. It is going to be on Facebook. It's gonna be uploaded to Instagram as well as YouTube. And yeah, so thank you so much for for joining us today. And thank you, Cheryl, for sharing all your you know being so generous with your with your knowledge as well. <laughs>